This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to a very special E3 uh, reaction podcast. Um, I'm Steve Hill and joining me on this uh, special podcast is Mark Botright. Hello, Mark. Good evening, Steve. Uh, ben Ingber. Hello, Ben. Hello. Leon Matthews. All right. And we welcome back Steve Carter. Hello, Steve. Yo. Fellas, it's official. Um, gamers have inherited the earth. <laughs> How exciting a conference has it been uh, so far? I, I thought it's been brilliant. Um, I know some of you were moaning off air saying uh, one or two of the demos seem to drag on a little bit. But let's jump straight into the big, big talking point. We have prices for both the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Leon. <laughs> it had to be me first, didn't it? <laughs> Um, the Xbox One, yeah, coming in at a stonking 429 smackers. That's quite a lot of money, isn't it? It's a huge amount of money. You know what you can do for 429 pounds? A lot of things. You can build quite a nice gaming PC, or at least get on the way to building Ooh. a nice one. <laughs> and that is that is now becoming an option for me, to be honest, because I don't know. That's just that's just too much money with a game on top of that. That's nearly you know half a grand. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'll be putting everyone on the spot towards the end of the podcast and pinning their colours to the mask. But we know the Xbox forum has been a hive of activity. How has the price gone down with our members? Not very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think on top of the price, you know, the whole... The other things about Sony saying that used games are going to be good and there's no always online as well. There's it just seems like there's a mass exodus of people sort of running to the PS4 at this point. Um, I mean, there are still some people who are going to get it. And I think a lot of people are sort of saying, you know, not at launch, you know, wait for a price cut or something like that. But um, the signs aren't good, let's just say. Uh, it would have been good to be a fly on the wall in the Microsoft meeting like the morning after. Who, uh, who covered the PlayStation uh, live blog last night? Was it... Ah, Steve, you're the night owl. £349, a whole 80 quid cheaper. Is it 80? Look who got GCSE maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's 80. £80 pounds cheaper. I mean, that's uh, quite a massive difference in price. So already a big feather in the cap for, for PlayStation. Um, and when you factor in the big, big announcement of that used games are cool on the PS4, I mean... Microsoft must be reeling right now. I think Sony stuck it to them on that conference. I, I love basically how they said, Sony just came out and said, you can do what you want with your games, you can sell them, you can rent them, we don't care, we don't give a shit. You don't have to connect it every 24 hours, that's just stupid. Um, I think they sent a big message out last night and I think it was good, I think it's what people needed. I think they've they've listened, they've learnt a lot of lessons, they've responded and they've just basically continued practices from, from what they've been doing for the past two or three years and it's about time that Sony got, got their act together and stopped Microsoft from dominating the market which you know arguably they have done for the past however is it six seven years now Mark do you think this was planned all along do you think this is always going to be their trump card or do you think this is reactive to rumours that were, were coming out around the uh, the original Xbox One announcement um Honestly, I, I was a little bit worried about this. I mean, I, I well, like anyone else was, uh, I did kind of think if it was coming from anywhere, perhaps it was coming from the publishers, you know, they were pushing people into it. And, you know, it, it seemed like like an odd thing. But I just think that perhaps Sony don't have the infrastructure necessarily to do it. I if, if, it's, if you're looking at it as kind of something that people have to 
actively opt out of. You know, you, you're building it from a system level. Microsoft have got the infrastructure to kind of check, you know, hourly or daily checks. Sony, you know, their network got hacked. You know, they've. I don't know if they've. They're quite that slick with regards to the PlayStation Network to be able to enforce that kind of thing. So I think really Sony were always perhaps just going along with the status quo and going to carry on with the standard business model. It's just that Microsoft have sought to kind of try and diversify in some way and find other revenue streams. It just seems kind of perhaps Sony were always just going to go this way. And it seems like a reaction. It seems like they've kind of undercut them. It seems like a kind of slap in the face. But in fact, they're just carrying on what they've always done. Uh, so we have seen the PS4 hardware now. There was no velvet blanket, so to speak. We had to settle for a gentleman walking out, cradling it. Uh, it looked very similar to an Xbox One to me initially. Did anyone else think that? The, the matte and just... the gloss seems to be very popular at the moment. It looks like an Xbox One moving at high speed. <laughs> Sliced in half. <laughs> What's interesting, there were some mock-ups by people. I don't know if they, anyone else saw this uh, when they released that little teaser trailer where people you know, put all the little bits together to try and make a jigsaw of it all. And there were a couple out there that were remarkably close to this. I mean, it, it, it's not exactly groundbreaking in design apart from the fact that it's kind of leaning in one direction. I was really expecting something different there were lots of kind of people saying rumors that you know they were really pleased with the design and they think that it's very modern and they think they've you know kind of nailed that and the guy talking on stage just seemed like he he thought that it was the most revolutionary thing of all time but didn't he it's bring just... out one of the designers yeah tell him to take a bow <laughs> and send him packing again yeah i mean it, it's it's kind of following on i mean all consoles these days it seems they're kind of black boxes to sit under the tv they've got to be kind of indistinct in some way and this just kind of follows it it's got the the standard blue led kind of strip on it yeah it had to have that somewhere in a little place playstation logo but beyond that it, it's it's a black box Okay, well, let's quickly talk over the other um, bits and bobs that are non-game related so we can get to the games in a second. Uh, media capabilities, you know, kind of all, all boxes ticked by um, Sony on the PlayStation 4. Unlimited music, unlimited video um, services being offered. Netflix is going to be on there. All the things you'd normally expect. Um, looks like uh, you will need to pay for PlayStation Plus to get online with games. That is what that is definitely what it is. I think it's been confirmed not long before we started recording. Uh, but only for the PS4. It's worth mentioning that for PS3 and Vita, you won't need PS Plus, apparently, um, to play online, but just for the PS4. I think we need to talk about games, don't we, really? That's kind of what we were waiting for and, uh, and what we've all decided to hop online for late this evening to talk about. Um, Microsoft had their conference uh, first. It all went by in a massive blur um, of kind of trying to type and listen. You know what? Live blogging is possibly one of the hardest things I've ever done uh, in terms of writing. Yeah. You did did a sterling job. Oh, I appreciate it. Steve, stressful, right? Yeah, especially when you're on it for two hours and the thing starts late as well. Steve's the veteran now. You've done a couple. Yeah, well, the the one announcement was easy. That was only like 45 minutes, but that, oh, that Sony one. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Ben, the uh, early highlights in the Microsoft one, we'll get everyone uh, excited and punch in the air with delight. uh, Do you know what's awful? What really sticks out for me about it was um, 
some of the, the kind of the lowlights of it more than <laughs> more than the highlights. But I guess um, there was Dead Rising Three, which looks all right. Um, it looks a little bit different from the last two, but I kind of thought, well, you know, that that might be quite interesting. There's Forza. Um, which I personally couldn't really care less about, but had lots of shiny cars in it, which I suppose people would be into. There was a brief clip of Killer Instinct, which when it came on, I was kind of saying, yeah, oh, that's amazing, Killer Instinct looks great, oh, it's going to be brilliant. And then when I watched it back afterwards, I actually, I'm a little bit dubious, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what we're going to end up with there. So, yeah, I don't know. And it just kind of, it was this sort of whistle-stop tour through a whole load of different things. And I've got to say, for me personally, and this might be, maybe I was just a bit down on the whole thing, I didn't really feel like there was much in there where I thought, yes, I have to go out and buy this console now. Yes, Witcher 3, I, I have to go out and buy this console. You know, there, there, I don't know, maybe other people, because like I say, I was. it's actually probably the one that I feel least comfortable in talking about from an objective point of view because of what I was doing at the time so I don't know I don't know how you guys felt well let's talk about Killer Instinct uh, Leon I'm fairly sure I saw an excited forum post from you uh, infusing about the return of the, the the series did you hear the announcer how cool was that <laughs> when, he, when he first came on at first I thought I was back in like the 80s or something and then I realised it was Killer Instinct oh I've just yeah, I'll be in on that. I love that game. It, I Back in the day when um, Tournament Edition Fight Stick first came out on the 360, I absolutely went ballistic trying to get one online because they were sold out everywhere. And I managed to get one, and I was kind of a bit like uh, Schwarzenegger in Jingle All The Way. You know, I was absolutely delighted that I'd, uh, I'd managed to <laughs> lay my hands on one. And then I got it, and I kind of I played it a bit, and it just kind of sat there for a while. So I begrudgingly sold it. Within minutes of seeing that, tournament edition stick for killer instinct again i got the same feeling thinking i want that yeah but let me tell you something about it you know who's developing it double helix are developing it of the following fame gi joe green lantern <laughs> rise of the Manhunters, <laughs> battleship silent hill homecoming i mean i i don't know i don't know maybe i'm just being a bit cynical but i did you just pull that from memory no i pulled that from wikipedia <laughs> oh right! Wow. Okay. <laughs> just no, no, no. I, 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 I had looked it up earlier. This was I'd researched. I was just waiting to get in there. <laughs> Podcaster that does research. Yeah, don't you all? I spend at least three or four hours before every podcast. <laughs> I spend at least three or four minutes. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I think um, it is. A, it's a legitimate concern. It's not a developer with a strongest track record. Sorry, I was just going to say, even if it was just kind of reskinned and they just, you know, it was literally the same game, would that be that bad? Uh, well, I, I suppose it all depends how relevant one-on-one um, -on -one fighting games are in this day and age of video games i don't know how hard it must be to code something like that but i mean it can't exactly be anywhere near the level of depth and detail that something like watchdogs is for example so i don't know how much longevity something like that would have but i guess it's kind of a game that i'd like to pick up and play every now and then any excitement for metal gear solid i mean that, that, that demo was just a bit it's like rock opera it was just so very japanese wasn't it I loved it. <laughs> I, <laughs> that tends to uh, follow the sentence. It looks so Japanese, didn't it? I absolutely loved it. I, I genuinely, that my enthusiasm for the whole kind of Microsoft con conference shot up at that point because I just thought it, it was 
a nice indication that they actually kind of understand where perhaps they went wrong with a you know the previous TV sports kind of reveal, and that getting straight into the games and pick something that's a that's a fan favourite. You know, I don't think that can ever be a bad sign. Is it a fan favourite? I mean, it all just seemed to wash over me. I mean, it, it had sort of shades of Red Dead and, of course, you know, all the familiar stuff from Metal Gear. Steve, I know you kind of rediscovered uh, Metal Gear or at least came to the series late. Um, is, is this one to look out for for yourself? Um, it is and it isn't. You know, I, I can I can take a Metal Gear game. I mean, I've, I've played the uh, 1 and 4 and, then you know, the ones in between. Um, it looks good, don't get me wrong. You know, it looks insane the amount of detail that's on there I mean I think Metal Gear has to sort of roll with the times you know introduce a few new things and you know keep some of the old stuff but also adapt with the marketplace as well you know to not get left behind um, it's it's not a console seller for me it's something that I'd pick up at some point and play but I don't think you know I don't think I'd go out if it was say like a Playstation or Xbox exclusive I wouldn't say right after I've that console to play that game but one one thing caught my eye when they were rolling the credits, uh, the lighting artist was specifically credited in that trailer, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that I kind of pointed to <clears throat> through the live blood of the Microsoft event and the EA one as well is it just seemed to be a constant stream of references to lighting, water, fire, and smoke. And it's obviously the things that they can best show off with the new with the new technology. But it kind of it wears a little bit thin. There's only so many times that I can be impressed by how what how great a fire looks, you know. And I I do think I thought Metal Gear Solid Five looked great. I thought it looked beautiful. I mean I don't know if it'll be a great game, but I thought it, visually it was stunning. Um still not convinced that's gonna sell consoles. You, you raise an interesting point, and they seem to have overlooked how 99% of the world would have seen that conference, which was streamed online. So if you're watching essentially what is 3D rendered video, whether it's rendered in-engine or, or not, or whatever, the point is, is you're essentially just watching a clip, but you're watching a clip stuttering and heavily compressed over the internet. So it's kind of lost on you whereas when you're actually seeing gameplay footage those demos seem to work so much better for me that was gameplay the the metal gear solid 5 stuff yeah running yeah, I, around I, I, I don't think i was necessarily saying specifically that one i'm just saying in general that the way the conferences work so many uh publishers and developers plumped for here's a teaser trailer and it was just a bit like well you know that's the kind of stuff that can be shown i can see that on youtube after the event, in full HD, not stuttering, playing properly. I completely you know? no, I completely agree with you, but I do think it's a case of a bit of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, if you're not watching it on a great connection, it's going to look terrible, and and you want it to look as good as it can do, and so therefore you you're going to pick the kind of highest quality visuals, which is usually the CG scenes. You know, as soon as you kind of get down to to gameplay. You know, if you're watching that on kind of just a little kind of 480p connection or something on a little laptop screen, it just looks terrible. And you're going to think, you know, what's the point, you know, upgrading a console? What's the point, you know, dropping best part of half a grand for that? Rise, son of Rome. Uh, so kind of looked like a gladiator sim about a decade late. Uh if you're just going to cash in on the Russell Crowe movie. I mean, I, you know, the first thing I was asking myself when I, when I saw it, 
is this going to be multiplayer? Because that would be kind of cool. I'm not sure you can do QTEs in that way in multiplayer because that's what all it seemed to be. To me, yeah, exactly. Just a huge QTE fest. It's like it's just basically them showing off, uh, you know, what the what the graphical capabilities are, and every now and then you press a few buttons. Do you really think it'd be a game full of that? I mean, surely there'd be more to it than that. Well, you'd think they'd have shown it if there was. Yeah, the problem is, is that most of these demos that they showed off throughout all the conferences were pretty much like something that would happen in the first 10 minutes, which is usually the big kind of, you know, cinematic... Set-piece opening. Yeah, yeah massive yeah. set-piece opening, massive cinematic cutscene, and then it's the introduction to, you know, a close-up on some guy getting an arrow in the eye or something, and then you introduce the quick-time events. That probably doesn't happen that much throughout the gameplay, but it's like they chuck it all at you to try and say, this is what the game's about. And I just think it, it left a little bit of a kind of skewed idea of what Rise is going to be. I, I You know, I... I can't believe they would put out something that was just so heavy on QuickTime events. A little bit of a smart glass uh, glimpse there about you know how that's going to integrate with games. Um, anyone have any interest about hopping online and seeing a friend's progress while you're at work or somewhere where you can't play a game, presumably? I think I'd be more interested in how they can properly integrate it into the experience of playing a game but in terms of just kind of yeah being somewhere else and having a look to see how my mate's doing on you know fifa or whatever no no i don't think so quantum break uh we caught a little bit more of that uh mark you and i weren't convinced by this when we um first saw it at the xbox one announcement uh anything there to sway you another way um, well, I mean, you, you had some more footage, some more, you know, CG footage, which did look pretty fantastic. But I just, I don't know, I just worry about this whole gaming and TV merging angle. You know, if, if blurring the lines between television and gaming, they said it's just people got so mad about this idea that that the one would be centered around TV, that the you know the one kind of big game that you know the core audience might look at would be something from Remedy, something with Sam Lake. And then as soon as he starts talking about TV shows, I mean, that that live action section on the one reveal was just so bad. I I genuinely thought it was kind of one of the worst reveals for a, for a game or teases for a game I think I've ever seen. It mm. just looks so hammy. I just thought, how how is this supposed to sell this? I, I just genuinely didn't understand it. Project Spark. This did look interesting, looked very, very different. I, I, I'm at a total loss to what it actually is, but uh, did anyone catch a better handle of it than me? It was completely cringeworthy, the whole thing. I know that. Was that the thing with Rockman? A, a pet rock, yeah. I've never been a pet person or a dog person, so they piqued my interest at that point with a, a pet rock. It's the little big planet-like yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks interesting. From that, from that perspective, you know, where people could create their own little world and what have you and do what they want, but it was just advertised and marketed in the wrong way. You know, it was meant, you know, there were the room's full of adults and they're trying to market it at kids, and it's like, there's no kids here. Kids can't go out and buy this console. You need to make it appealing to the older. Did you get that vibe? I'm not sure I did get that vibe from, from that demo. I mean, as I say, I'm still kind of at a loss as to how it all works anyway. Um, it seemed more of a kind of show off of the, the integration between Smart Glass and how powerful the, the console was. I think playing Devil's Advocate, taken up from what Steve said, it's almost the kind of game that you can imagine if, if someone is going to say, right, I'm going to drop half a grand on a console, 
you want something there that you can at least say is for you know all the family and that's kind of how something like little big planet has almost been marketing in some ways you know there, there's a game there on your shiny console that anyone can play and i think it's it's it was kind of a a sign that microsoft were understanding some of the the kind of core audience as well as the other markets out there they were ticking boxes all the way through you know they had the shooter they had the the racer they had the little you know here's one that's you know creativity here's the an indie game content, yeah yeah here's the japanese game and it was like they had everything covered i thought it was a you know a solid conference and i yeah, no, I was quite interested by that game. I mean, the, the whole Connect functionality of it, as well as the Smart Glass, it looked like it could actually, actually have some legs. I, I'm inclined to agree. Actually, I kind of, I, I actually think it's got a fair amount of potential. And I think uh, these days you write off any user-generated content game at your peril yeah, because, you know, they they can really if they catch on, they catch on big. Well, you mentioned Dead Rising earlier in the pod. Uh, I, I guess I was alone in getting really excited for this. I thought it was uh, awesome. I mean, I thought it looked uh, great. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it, even though it looks good, the people who like the first two Dead Rising games probably not going to like this one because it's taken what made the first two Dead Risings kind of all right, and that's the ridiculous nature of the crafting and you know the whole setting with the little gags and stuff in it. And now, it, uh, despite it look, you know, they looked absolutely fantastic. You know, the the visuals were amazing. But it just looks like it could be, you know, just another generic zombie survival game. I mean, we have needed, a, you know, a AAA zombie game because, let's be fair, there's not been one out on consoles. The, the, the crafting was there, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, but it doesn't look as ridiculous as, said, you know, it was in the in the last game. I mean, the shopping mall was your playground, wasn't it, last time? And well, what did he, he paired up a sledgehammer with a uh, some kind of... Sauce. <laughs> I don't think they've made a complete departure. It's chopping guys in half. <laughs> that was cool. That got a good cheer from the audience at that point. I thought it looked good. I, I mean, like the amount of zombies on the screen was quite was quite good. I mean, you've got zombie games, and there's always like a few around, but and like good looking, a lot of good looking zombies around. It just looked kind of realistic. And when he started calling in that airstrike at the end, I mean, yeah, the frame rate died. And my stream was terrible anyway, but it, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think that's definitely a one to look out for. I think the first developer that brings a game, an open world sandbox game, mass market, that kind of marries elements of Fallout with uh, Dead Rising and you know Left 4 Dead, maybe you know where you can jump in as a, a kind of collective group of of, of mates and. Uh, playing the same game that's going to be massive that game and if dead rising is it then you know i'm i'm willing to give it a chance uh, someone explained to me so we we mentioned this earlier if it's an xbox one exclusive does that mean it's on 360 and pc as well or is that kind of interchangeable i think the term exclusive practically is is just it's lost all meaning at this conference as far as i'm concerned you know, I really don't understand. You know, they're they're saying it's exclusive. That means exclu- exclusive to Microsoft or exclusive consoles, or you know, it's. I mean, the, the Sony conference was even worse with regards to that kind of thing. Yeah. The, I mean, exclusive came out. I think Elder Scrolls Online. As soon as you hear the word exclusive, yes, for the time beta. You know that kind of thing. It's it's just they're scrabbling around, and, and you know. The, the cost of producing these games it must be so immense now that it just makes no sense to push it just on one console. Leon, you mentioned um, Smart Glass. 
I kind of was left asking why is that really needed? I suppose it was kind of cool, but it, that just seemed a bit for the sake of doing it, didn't it? Yeah, it does. And a lot of the stuff that they're introducing with Smart Glass feels like that. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to do any of it, but I don't know. It's it's kind of a why not situation, I guess. You know, it's not taking anything away from the experience. And sometimes it is adding. I mean, there was the Tom Clancy game. What was it? The Division. I'm not sure if that was in, was that in the Microsoft conference or was that in like Ubisoft or something? I didn't catch that one. Maybe in Ubisoft. Yeah, that one looks quite good. And someone on the tablet was hovering around, dropping airstrikes and tagging enemies and stuff like that. And so there are some things which look like it might be good. Um, I I don't want to write it off without even trying it, but if you're not interested in it, I guess you don't have to do it. I think, Mark, Mark, was it in in your... I've read so much today, but was it in your piece where you said about that's the the problem with having a non-essential peripheral is that you can't fully integrate it into the games because some people won't be able to use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just... there's you, you either have it or you don't. And so, I mean, people are going to end up paying for having this connect and you, you won't see whether it's going to actually come to fruition until some time. And as soon as you make it non-essential, as soon as you don't bundle it in there, there's, you know, there's no way that you can really work around that. I mean, that's really where stuff like smart glass is just going to fall down. I, I can't see how anything integral to the gameplay anything that makes you say yeah i'll definitely go out and buy that game because of smart glass can be put in there because you're basically creating a two-tiered system where you know two completely different games are getting two completely different uh, experiences ben you mentioned the witcher 3 earlier on um anyone play this on console it was an absolute beast of a game to get um good performance out of on the pc i reviewed the i reviewed witcher 2 um for av forums actually and I, you know, um, this is one of those things. I feel I'm not representative. It's, it was clearly a great game. It's just not my sort of game, so I'm not going to kind of rave about it here. If it's the sort of thing you're into, it's going to be phenomenal. A little bit like, I don't know, like something like Skyrim as well. It's not that's not really my kind of world. The thing I, I'm a bit more. I think like Leon, you know, I like my sci-fi really more than my um, swords and sorcery kind of stuff. But yeah, I I think it'll be great. I think the problem was by th- th- there was something about kind of Witcher Three, Dead Rising Two, all of these really big franchises that were kind of. I just felt like what I wanted to see was what the new the new world was going to look like. And as impressive as all of it looked, it's not like... I didn't feel inspired, like, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on that and see what that's like. Because I know what they're like. They're like what I've already played, except a bit bigger. But going back to, like, 2005, though, do you remember looking at Perfect Dark and Cameo and going, oh, this is the future! Like, the first games, they never like the games that you remember the console for. Yeah, it's a really good point. That's a really good point. But at this stage, because the PC is kind of trailblazing, and I'm not saying that to get a rise out of anyone, I mean, these games were going to come out irrespective of whether there were new consoles or not. So, you know, the fact that they're being trumped as, like, big games is kind of neither here nor there. They've not been innovated from day one specifically to, you know, hailing the new generation of consoles. No, I mean, people are, are still questioning about things like battlefield 4 whether we'll get on consoles finally parity with pc and we might get 64 players i don't think that's been unveiled yet well let's talk about the demo they definitely had 64 people on stage um the, the gameplay looked like battlefield i guess with a bit more uh, bells and whistles on it a little bit more motion blur uh noticed by me anyone else pick up on that or was that after the booze and everything broke <laughs> 
How bad did you feel for him? And he looked like he was getting really, really angry. I think someone got uh, both barrels. Did you notice, though, Don Matrick came out afterwards and he was wearing a different T-shirt? I think blood was spilt. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the one where he was kind of... They they did a cutaway to the stage while the demo was going on and you could see him on his phone. Oh, no, sorry. It was... was, um, Who was it? Phil, Phil Spencer, actually. Yeah, with a with a t-shirt jacket combo. It was a different t-shirt. I think someone got got pwned backstage. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the other game? There was another game that was played just completely without sound. Crimson Dragon. Oh yeah, I that, mean, it looked rubbish anyway. I don't, I don't think that would have improved much with the audio. To be fair, see that would have though, because that again, let's come back to the little kind of Japanesey theme. That's the kind of thing that would have had some kind of like a soaring aria kind of soundtrack and that kind of thing. You Could know, hip hop. You never, know. We'll never <laughs> I, know. I don't think it was. I don't think they got Drake out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't remind me. Was, uh, I wonder how much he got paid for that. Oh, it was that whole that whole bit that I don't know how long did it go on for. To me, it felt like it went on forever, like it was never going to end, and it was just. And I know that EA Sports bit's always a bit like that, but I just, I've, I was losing the will to live at one point. And when they got onto Madden, I just, I completely, I, I didn't know what was happening. I literally didn't understand the words they were saying, which, um, you know, was made it difficult to write about. And then the whole UFC thing happened, and that was three or four very awkward-looking elite athletes mumbling their way through a few lines on stage it was just with it was belts a, on there why yeah it was embarrassing wasn't it isn't that is that was that just me i thought it was horrible to watch awkwardly scripted as well and awkwardly delivered but people love ufc i mean i'm personally not a fan <laughs> anyone here a big fan of ufc if one of the fighters asked me then yes i am <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, very, very popular and I guess uh, exciting for those guys that this game's coming out. What, what was the stat they kept um, rolling out? I think it was the same across all the games, something like 40 extra calculations per second. I'm not even really sure what that all meant. Maybe just the game's going to be harder? That was to do with um, the pro instincts thing. I think the amount of more calculations per second that the, the AI is doing, I think, was the thrust of it. They talked about it quite a bit in FIFA. Yeah, so generally the game's going to be harder. I don't know. You know, I I've I would be very surprised if it was anything more than incremental. Which could mean harder, or it could just mean more wildly unpredictable, if you've ever played FIFA <laughs> online. It means that you get through to the 85th minute, you're 1-0 down, you equalise, and the computer rage quits. Yeah, no, or, or the goalkeeper decides to try and dribble all the way up the pitch. <laughs> Isn't that what um, Forza was? It Forza that they were saying it learns how you drive and then drive a tire. Hey, yeah, we didn't even mention about that. I mean, possibly the most ridiculous name for anything in games I've ever heard. I mean, how long do you think it took them to come up with drive a tire? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's moronic. Did he actually say that it would play itself? Yeah. So when you're not on, I can think. Oh, you know what? I really want to race against Neon. So. It'll kind of summon your driver tar and I'll race against, and it'll, it'll rate your thing will race the way that you would race. Interesting. So you basically you just don't need to play. You can just train it up, you know, for a few days and then never bother playing it again. Whether it be worth just kind of driving around the track backwards for one day before you know that someone's going to play you or something like that. Well, you know what? I'm really keen to do that because I'm not going to buy it. So what I might do is rent it at one point and just drive like an idiot <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't rent it though. Oh no! What's the... oh, you'll yeah. have to buy it. Oh no, that won't happen then. So you see the problems? It's a minefield. Is indeed a minefield. Any other highlights in the EA um, EA presentation? Um, yeah, uh, Mirror's Edge Two, possibly the highlight of the whole um, day, other than Sony. I mean, they didn't particularly show off too much, but all the familiar stuff was there. And I think if they nail things like the soundtrack and just give us more of the same gameplay, but even prettier graphics, I'm sold. Did you notice how there was a lot of fighting? There was a lot of uh, her running around punching people and stuff. And I thought, I reckon they were doing that to show that they've they've fixed it because it was a bit ropey, the combat. Um, in the first one but I just I was I was genuinely excited that was like my moment when it came on and I was like yeah I was thrilled thrilled to bits because oh, that, oh by the way that was another thing that I said would happen <laughs> come on you, you, you said all this off air you haven't actually gloated about no, it no 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 listen you read my live blog right and uh, that I did and I say at 8.50pm it's got more stats um, if this mirror <laughs> Chill out. If this Mirror's Edge 2 thing actually happens, and I think it will, I'm going to be proper excited. Those are my words. So excited, I might blow all Clopney on you. And I'm not even rem- I'm not even remotely Clopney, Squire. That was what... And then, and then it actually happened, 9.55pm. So I called that. What else have I called? I called... I've, I've, I called that the PS4 would be cheaper than the Xbox One, and I also said that Leon wouldn't be able to take any of his Xbox Live arcade claims onto the Xbox One. So, so the real winner of, <laughs> of well, it's not me, is it? Is, uh, is <laughs> profit, profit, Ben? Uh, well, let's try and cheer uh, Leon up a bit. Um, <laughs> there was a little teaser for Halo. Rather oddly, the chap introducing it mentioned Master Chief just before, and I can't imagine that that was scripted or supposed to be in there. Because why, why mention it just before your big reveal? Um, but it was quite a cool little trailer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool. It was a nice little reveal of the Chief and stuff. I actually missed it completely. Like, watching it the second time back, it's quite obvious that it's Halo, actually, knowing what you know. But, I don't know, I just I wasn't looking for it. But, yeah, it's kind of an obvious one, you know. Microsoft console will have Halo on it, shocker. Um, it'll look nicer. It'll be Halo. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I like Halo. Can we say Titanfall now, please? <laughs> well, this was a big one. We, 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 we did mention um, Respawn a couple of podcasts back. Uh, slightly um, predictable that they'd gone with a first-person shooter. I don't think they could have done anything else other than a first-person shooter at this stage. Futuristic, no surprises there. But the Mechanoid gameplay, that was very, very interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll let you talk all about it, because you're obviously the most excited about it, Leon. Yes, I am the most excited about it. I love it. Um, I think it's... It wasn't like a massive surprise because it is Call of Duty. Like when they were shooting the guns, it's Call of Duty. Like it feels unmistakable. Even the way the points popped up. Yeah, exactly. They've just moved the same thing over. But you know, the the concept of when you're watching some of the making of videos, it's kind of two games in one almost. You've got the mech gameplay, which is smart. You know, that also plays like Call of Duty. You can tell it controls the same, but just the gameplay differences. It's kind of not symmetrical. Obviously, you've got these massive machines moving around the battlefield and stuff. I think it'll just they be... made they made very specific references to how agile those robots would feel as well. Because the big thing of about COD, of of course, was how quick it was to play. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, I don't think it's lost any of that because obviously the little pilots can 
rocket boost and jump off walls and war and stuff which makes the environment interesting and the environment has to be massive for the mechs as well and stuff and just just the the art style is just cool just the way he gets in the mech like he he gets in his hand and then he puts himself inside his little stomach and stuff and then the screens basically the whole screen and it's just did that dividing into fourth thing where it all kind of comes in from the sides that seemed very yeah it's just slick specific didn't it and the kind of the way they're infusing single player and multiplayer as well sort of there's no more lobby or it didn't really look like there was a lobby but it was like a cutscene playing and it had people joining and leaving and then the countdown and it all kind of blended from some sort of story into a multiplayer match which seems quite nice as well but yeah I think that's I mean the whole conference for Microsoft for me was it was okay and they said the price just before they showed this trailer which was probably a good one-two punch because I was really disappointed with the price but then I saw this was like but now I have to buy it. Did they say when it was going to be released? Uh, 2014, which is good, because it means I can skip the launch. And save up. <laughs> Am I right in saying it's out on PC as well, though? It's not completely exclusive, it's console exclusive. Yeah, that's right, which is why I might exactly. build a PC. <laughs> I, I just think, unless, you know, unless at this stage, unless there are very specific exclusives that you want, um, I think if you already own a PC or a uh, halfway there to building one then ps4 has to look like the more attractive option because you're still going to have um, access to those games on the pc yeah it's a tough decision sorry is titanfall not out for the 360 as well it is i think they said it was but it's not going to be exactly the same game i think it's been coded by someone else is that is that correct Leon? yeah that's right it's been developed by somebody different so who knows how similar it will be to the real version it seems like it might be a little bit of a confusing transition in some ways. You know, with some games, they're still talking about releasing games. Uh, there Aren't there a couple of exclusives for the 360 still to come? And then there'll be the Xbox One games, and then there'll be some games that are on both. And then this won't be necessarily fully featured on the 360. It might, it, it might you know, you'll kind of have to pay close attention, won't you, to what's going on. Plants vs. Zombies, was that a bit out of left field for everyone? The Plants vs. Zombies first-person shoot, first shooter? I didn't even see that. What is that? I saw a screenshot of it. I was like, what? It struck me as kind of a horde mode um, type thing. Did, is that right? Who, who live-blogged the EA? Did anyone do it? Yeah, I did. It's wave-based in the same way as the, you know, the actual... Um, the original is, I think, except it's a third-person shooter. Uh, there's, I think there's four different plants that you can control, and they're effectively classes. So the one that I noted as it was going on was that the Cactus is some sort of sniper class. And, um, yeah, there, there's three others that you can control, and it looks fine. I mean, I actually thought the... Um, Visually, it looked great. I, you know, I, I think the art style's fantastic. It looked like quite good fun. I just wondered about watching it, whether or not it might play very generically. But, you know, you can't tell until, until you actually get your hands on it with something like that. I imagine it's the first game that bok choy has ever shown up in. It was a Chinese dish. I've got no idea what it is. You don't what know it? what bok choy is? No idea, sorry. No? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. None of you? Related to Gokwan or something? I've got no idea. Bok choy is just a, a really nice um, Chinese vegetable. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> Games and culture. Let's move on to the PS4 conference. About two in the morning, was it? Yeah, from well, it was supposed to start at two. It didn't actually start till about quarter past twenty past two, and went on till about the, like twenty past four. It was a long one. Infamous Second Son. Uh, we saw a little bit more of that. It looked fun. Um, 
kind of more of the same, just a bit prettier. Uh, ben, I think you were a fan, weren't you, of the... Um... I'm a huge fan of Infamous, and um, if all things being equal, if we had two exact same boxes, but just with it, you know, with their own exclusives, Infamous, for me, is enough to buy a console for, and there are very, very few games that I'd say that about. I think they're massively underrated, even though they're rated really highly. If you know what I mean. I don't think they're rated highly enough. When people talk about the great games of the generation, I don't think many people would say, yeah, Infamous 1 and 2. I don't think it would immediately spring to mind. And I've got a lot of confidence that they'll do a decent job with this. Uh, And that's going to be a launch day title, is that correct? No, I don't think it is. Quarter 1. So sometime, sometime next year is a bit of a shame, isn't it? But I think, you know, I, I don't know, maybe if you're going to buy a PlayStation 4, it might, you know, it's never a bad idea if you can hold off buying a new console for a little while. If, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'll be able to hold off, but if, if you've got stronger willpower, um, then, you know, to hold off for a few months probably isn't the worst decision. But then they haven't said when the console's actually coming out. So, I mean, quarter one could be spectacularly close if it's you know if the console's coming out late december perhaps yeah what was it's, it's definitely this year isn't it yeah fall this year holiday season which is just such a massive ballpark figure good showing for the indie titles uh at this point did i hear xbox uh microsoft say that indie titles were coming to xbox one have we misunderstood what's happening over there yeah, it was stupid. They they made this thing about um, indie games, and then they started talking about Minecraft, which is you know one of the one of the biggest selling games that you know the world has ever mm. seen. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite sure where they were going with that. I'd look more of an indie game supporting vibe off Sony. Well, this is why I bring it up. I mean, Octodad is I don't know if anyone knows of it, but it, it was basically developed by a group of students, and you have to combine lots of ridiculously awkward mouse movements and key keyboard presses to actually get the character to move some people couldn't even get the character to move so yeah i mean i, I remember playing it for ages and yeah not be and and the whole the whole thing is that you can't be um sussed out as not being you know a normal human dad so you can't just kind of fall around all over the place and we've all been there right <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm totally sober. Um, no, the it's uh, games like that. This is a sort of all right. Okay, it's an existing game. It's nothing um, groundbreaking. Like, you know, we've already played it. But it's stuff like that that I find quite exciting, and that's why that's why kind of the, the the Sony conference did it for me in a way that the Microsoft one didn't. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And Oddworld as well. I don't know if any of you um, played on the PlayStation Two back in the day and the PlayStation One, but those games. Uh, the original World World games were brilliant and it was just at a time when I was kind of in my late teens and me and my mates would play it all together and we'd laugh at all the fart jokes and stuff and uh, it's great to see it back yeah and we're going to get, get, get a new one and we're getting a remake of the original which will be nice even just the kind of the way um, Abe would walk as well it's just just seeing it they didn't even need, need to say the name uh, and it was great to, to see the uh, developer getting a cheer which is good, considering that it's only a small studio, you know, and someone that developed something, you know, what, 15 more years ago, and still people remember him, and they're getting a cheer like that. It shows that there's a lot of support for games like this to come out on still. Square Enix uh, gets my award for possibly the most boring demo and presentation 
of the whole thing. Am I being harsh? What didn't you like? <laughs> Should have known you'd disagree with me. But what? You know, what? <laughs> the outrage. The outrage. <laughs> what, what? The Final Fantasy what, bit. Fair what enough. What are they but... on about? And also, like, the voices. I, I appreciate that obviously it's originated in, in Japan and all the original voices would have been in Japan, but they weren't even acting. I mean, they were like reading it off a script. It's like, oh no, they're, what, they're here for the crystals, I guess. Like, mate, it was terrible. It's horrendous. Disagree. Mate, if it, if it had come with a free box of sushi for everyone, it would have still been awful. Mart is so angry, he can't even form words. Fellas, uh, am I alone on this? Is it, is it going to be a Mark falling out of this, or did anyone else share my uh, my apathy? I didn't even have a clue it was Final Fantasy at first. I thought it was going to be some new... I mean, I should have known better than known it was a Final Fantasy. Yeah, and then at the end, Final Fantasy... If you, if you read my blog, it's like, oh, it looks like a new game, and then it's like, oh, it's a Final Fantasy game, and it's like... This doesn't seem to hold the same sort of quality or features that you know your average Final Fantasy game would you'd expect, but I guess that's because it's. I mean, what's this versus thing about anyway? I'm not, I'm not big on the whole Final Fantasy scene anymore. I don't understand the difference between. Mark, please fill me in. Tell me what I'm missing out on. In short, uh, a game that a lot of people started to question whether it would in fact exist. Looks like it exists. It'll now be Final Fantasy. Uh, 15. Yeah, all right, the numbers are getting a little bit odd now. Um, a little bit? <laughs> it Again, it plays to a particular market. It, it's good to diversify your portfolio of games. And I think, yeah, this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing I'm, I'm telling you, in certain sections of the, of the audience, they would have gone absolutely mad for this. My only real disappointment was Kingdom Hearts 3 just bearing the... the if you saw the little quote at the end, now in development. I don't yeah. care. As long as I know it's coming. As long as I know it's coming, that's fine by me. I've been waiting for that for ages now. You know, you mentioned um, the, the, the audience there, uh, Mark. Am I right in that everyone... It's all press these days, right, for the last few years? Thousands of people in some of those demos, so they can't all have been press. It's all technically press. What, you're saying only press are allowed in, or is it like Eurogamer where you have press days and then general public days? I thought only press were allowed in, but a few years ago they stopped the general public. Because I, I really find, you know, if it is just press, all of that cheering and kind of woo stuff, I find it a little bit... I've got a real issue with it. I think the press aren't there to be the kind of, the you know, the, the fans and the cheerers and everything... And I, I think that people should behave themselves a little bit more, with more dignity, to be honest. Oh, come on. The front rows are just guys hunched over laptops and uh, mobile devices. I, I, and at no point did I ever see them kind of cheering or whooping, apart from... Well, actually, to be fair, uh, would it be right to say that you only really saw cutaways of the front of the auditorium in the Sony conference? I didn't ever pick up on that in any of the other conferences. And of course, as soon as they mention the price and as soon as they mention used game, you've got people struggling to get pictures over each other and stuff. So, I mean, you don't, you never know how genuine um, these things are, whether it was real punters, whether it was actual journos in there, or whether it was people that was placed, placed in. But I certainly didn't pick up on those shots on any of the conferences apart from the Sony one. So from one uh, thrilling 
demo from Square Enix to one which genuinely did um, get me moist. Watch Dogs looked amazing. Am I alone or was that unreal? And at this point, if you're Rockstar and you've got GTA in the pipeline and this has kind of taken everything from that game and given it this whole new layer of depth and interaction would you would you be slightly quaking in your boots do you think i don't think it's it's you know a direct threat to grand theft auto but i think there's a lot of you know similarities there with the you know with the open world and the the gangs and the police i think it's going to rival it in one way i don't think it's going to try and take its crown but i think it's definitely going to be there because i think is this going to launch at the because this is coming to 360 as well, and it watchdogs. I, I've always thought this game was coming at the end of the year, which would suggest it's going to going to be a launch-ish title. And I mean, it's, it's it, it, if it's as good as we all think it is, it's the game you want out at Christmas. But it's it's definitely going to be you know one of the best open world games that we're going to see. I mean, the, that was all gameplay that we were shown. You know, it wasn't just a tech demo or you know a, a running video. That was live in game it looked absolutely fantastic you know yeah I'm, I'm loving Watch Dogs I think the demo was really really good um, on the question of will it beat GTA I don't know if I don't know there's still something about I'm the personality asking, I don't think I'm asking if it's going to beat GTA I'm just saying whether you know I think a lot of us felt that GTA could have done with something helping it hit the next level whatever that might have been um, and Watch Dogs seems to have found a very interesting way to move open world sandbox games on yeah mechanically i think watchdogs probably has a foot up on it or something but i think just the personality of gta and just kind of the worlds that they create and just the way they create them is what draws people in so i think i think i wouldn't rule those guys out just yet um but yeah watchdogs is hey, good. I'm, I'm as excited as the next man don't get me wrong yeah totally um but watchdogs yeah looks looks good i think the way forwards is backwards now you know i think like we're saying there's all these new sci-fi shooters i think the I think people are, you know, picking up on the going back to historical events now, which I think we need to go back to. There's a lot of un, untapped history that we can we can bring to the next generation now. Speaking of uh, historical games, Assassin's Creed, oh, Jesus. A, a podcast right. favourite, I know. <laughs> I actually thought the demo was pretty good until it crashed on the poor chat. <laughs> And this is the thing, if they'd realised that we were all watching live streams, if he just hadn't moved for a minute, we would have all thought, oh, it's just stuck. And then they could have <laughs> fade the lights down and he could have just crawled off stage and no one would have ever known, apart from the 4,000 people there. It was all going well until he jumped in that bloody ship and all this naval warfare nonsense kicks in again. But quite cool at the beginning when it kind of went out from the uh, convention centre up through into like satellite images from Google Earth and then down into the Caribbean and then kind of went back in time. Did anyone else pick up on that? Yeah, that was, that was cool, yeah. Nice little thing. And the, and the actual the quality of the game actually looked quite good, you know, because it came out of the cutscene and straight into the gameplay, didn't it, I think, when he, when he was playing. So the actual overall quality of it is good, but it just needs a massive shake-up because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be sneaking about, stabbing people, jumping in some ships. Assassin's Creed is like lost to me. Like once I realised they were going nowhere with it, I no longer cared. That's, that's it. That's exactly it. it. You've nailed it. That's exactly it. Yeah. 
But you know what? I, I don't. I'm still. I'm all still wary of spoilers, especially seeing as Assassin's Two, Assassin's Creed Two, will be free for people at some point. But the 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 very end of that, the last scene, I was really into it. I was like, oh, this is a this is brilliant. This is great. And then from there, it just all went downhill for me. Brotherhood was all right, but the story completely lost its way. And uh, yeah, I've just completely lost interest. Well, someone out there is buying them, though. This is the thing. Someone out there is keeping this thing going and I'm at a total loss as to who they are and why they're doing it. But if they're listening, they need to stop it. <laughs> all of you. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> have, uh, have we all watched Destiny? I'm, I'm watching Destiny. It's killing me I don't have sound. Yeah. No, it looks good. I mean, it's a shooter, but yeah, it looks good. A uh, bit of co-op gameplay thrown in there as well. It's always nice in a third-person shooting. Probably no surprise as well from Bungie because they've always First done person. it really well. What did I say? He said third person, but it's the most first person shooter, first person shooter. I said third? You said third? Yeah, you and your Gok Chai said third. <laughs> Listen, Bok Choi will change your life. Bok Choi better not come near me. So Destiny, right, it looks fine. Someone tell me something about it that isn't that I haven't seen loads of times before. Even the bad guys kind of leaked out like... Uh, Halo bad guys, didn't they? Or am I being unfair? It's hard not to see Halo in it, looking at it, you know? Um, yeah, but it's good that those guys have had a chance to do something new, and that's what I'm excited about. They created Halo, which I really loved, and this is their chance to do something new, because they've just been tied to Halo for how long now? They haven't taken any risks here, have they? Same with Respawn, you know, where's the risk? Where's the innovation? I mean, I guess so, but... Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it. I'm excited for the games, very excited. But they do feel like one-trick ponies right now. They do. Um, I guess, like, like I was going to say, that sci-fi is basically this generation's modern combat. You know, um, mm. l last generation it was World War Two. this generation is modern combat. It looks like we're going on to sci-fi now, which is great for me because I love sci-fi. Um, I just, I think I have a unique taste for first-person shooters where I can sit and just play one after another, after another, after another. I just simply love the genre. So for me, it's not really a bad point, but I, I do see where you're coming from. The only hope is that, you know, later on in the generation, that's when all the innovation comes in. Like I say, the first, the first set of games are always just evolution of what you got at the time. But I, I wonder whether that it, that case is just even relevant anymore. I mean, innovation in games should be innovation in games. It's not specific to the platform. I suppose you have Connect and um, the PS Move. Is it called the PS Move now? Or it's in the picture, though, isn't it? You know the the picture that's everywhere. It's, it's... So they're still going to have something on that level. They're equivalent to the Connect, I suppose. Um, and that's coming to the the connect is coming to the PC as well. So you know maybe there will be some sort of uh, big departure from anything we've seen before. You know one of the things that's really tragic about this whole thing is that price difference is probably the connect, isn't it? The price difference between the two consoles is the thing that I mean I, I can only speak for myself. The thing that I really just don't care about. Take that out. Charge me eighty quid less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but isn't isn't it a, a smaller? A lower spec machine than the PS4. I mean, we know the the DDR5 RAM in the PS4 can't be matched in the PS3. They've gone with DDR3, which is going to save them loads of money and, of course, make parts a bit easier to source. So, shouldn't they have been able to have recover some of that expense? The costs from the Connect and all this cloud nonsense in it, and all this TV subscription model and 
connectivity, if they just took all that out, if they said you can have a console that takes all the TV stuff out, does not need the connect, will charge you 100, 150 pound less, or dollars or whatever you... It's the US market though. It's the US market and cable. I mean, you, you know, they've got pretty much parity with Sony this generation, and they've done it without selling anything in Japan. You know, they've realised that, you know, if they prioritise that US market, if they can get kind of 60% of that, then they're probably going to be getting parity overall anyway. Mark said last time, was it last time or the time before, something about um, how the Xbox isn't trying to be uh, a games console first and foremost. It's not about us. It's about, um, you know, the whole the whole kind of thing. And I think, Steve, you said something about the way that cable boxes work in the US. They're not as good as ours. So it's trying to be mm. that all, all the, the one, right? All, all in one. Um, yeah. Incidentally, just as an aside, did you see that input one thing? What was that about? Did any of you see that? What was that on the, the, the on the one? Yeah, like there was this um, uh, this banner that was up somewhere uh, that said something like Xbox One input one or something. Um, no, I didn't see it. Isn't there something about being able to loop it from your existing box into your uh, TV? Yeah, that's right. All like in yes, one. There's a HDMI input, input yeah. and out. Anyway, whatever. So um, I mean, but this is the whole thing. I think they've just kind of fundamentally uh, well, they've they've made a business decision, right? And when we were talking previously without knowing the ins and outs of what the PS4 was going to do, it seemed like, well, this is just the way of things now. You know, Sony will have a similar sort of offering and what people want, what these companies want, is to push to us uh, a home entertainment solution for all of our things. But actually, what Sony have done, whether by design or because, you know, they've taken advantage of an opportunity, is they have given an alternative. And what they've said is, here's something for people who like to play games. Yeah, it'll have all the media stuff as well, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna, it, we're not gonna do all of these practices that are winding everyone up so much about the Xbox. And I've never, I've always owned almost everything that's come out. I own an Xbox 360, I own a PS3. I love them both. I've never wanted anything to fail before, but I kind of want the Xbox One to to fail in terms of its business model because I want the future of gaming to be the kind of thing that the PS4 is offering. Mm. What if anything? is the compelling reason to buy a one right now titanfall for me but that's on the pc so i guess that's not even really a massive thing but it it is about the games i mean that's the one thing you can give to microsoft they said e3 would be about the games and from the second they got going it was just game after game after game after game and i I, well it had to be they'd already got all their cards yeah totally and if i'm honest if, if i'm comparing the games that were played I actually do prefer the ones that are on the one. The Sony press conference really didn't offer me a great deal. Um, I mean, Destiny does look good, uh, and Watch Dogs, obviously, but that's multi-platform. So if, if I had to pick between, if I was just basing it on games, I would have said the Xbox One. Um, but I don't know. It's, it just, I can't swallow 429 quid. It's just so, so high. If it's not going to be um, you know, people running out and buying it straight away, which I can't see it will be, then they're going to have to slash the price, and then that's going to look like a bit of a desperate. If we're act. making predictions and there, then I'll, I'll make one now. They won't slash that price. No, they won't touch it. They'll bundle something. They will seek to, you know, here's you know two, three games bundled as you know downloadable, but they they just cannot slash that price. 
And Leon, really, that's only scratching the surface because, you know, the way that you operate from what you've said before is you'll, you'll sell your claims on, right? Yeah, so totally. the, the money that you let back from that is gone. Everything that you've invested so far in the 360 is effectively gone. And if you want access to that content, you'll probably have to pay a glen in some way. I, I really I really think that they're screwing, they're screwing people, they're screwing loyal customers for everything that they're worth. And I, I think it's a really, I, I just think it's a really nasty... Um, publisher-centric business practice. But look, if you want to, even if you were to build a PC, I mean, that would still be the outcome. You, you know, that's not going to suddenly be um, any better. You know, once you buy a game, it's yours. It's not going anywhere. You can't trade it in. Um, you can't lend it to anyone. Go on Steam and look at the prices and then compare that with what they've got on Xbox Live. And it is a good point. And it is a good point. It is a good point. I'm not saying that, that I'm not saying what anyone else is doing is perfect. I'm just saying that out of all of them, now Xbox looks like the outs, it's it stands aside as taking a very particular route. Um, well, has anything come out from Nintendo? I mean, we spoke uh, last podcast and said you know Mario should be rolled out. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't gone actively seeking any Nintendo coverage. I guess I should have done, seeing as we were sitting down and talking this evening. Um, what's to be seen? Um, to be honest, not much. They they put out the you know the major news via their Nintendo Direct kind of online video, and they, it looks like there's a reason that they went with that route, it, which is they just don't have that much out there. Um, Iwata was on screen, kind of apologising at every turn. Uh, you know, said we appreciate your patience for this, that, and the other, and lots of things in development, lots of things that ultimately. They kept saying, you know, they're looking at new features, so it's being put back. We didn't see anything of the any new Zelda, so just the Wind Waker HD. Um, beyond that, it, it it was kind of new Mario Kart, new Super Mario 3D World, um, and just basically a new Super Smash Brothers. Uh, there, nah, there just wasn't there wasn't a great deal to get excited about, you know. When the when the big thing that people are talking about is, you know, Smash Brothers is going to have, um, I think, when the trainers from Wii Fit in it and uh, Mega Man, then it's it's looking pretty pretty bleak. I mean, uh, at least they're you know putting out games. There seemed a, a reasonable amount coming for, they said third party for 2013 to both the Wii U and 3DS, but that you know. There was nothing really to grab you there. It was, it was, yeah, pretty disappointing. Shame. Um, you said that with real meaning. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you have uh, Final Fantasy fifteen and three thirds coming. Versus edition. Yeah. Free spiky haircut in every box. They even, they haven't even had to come out and say, "Oh, you can sell your games and all that sort of stuff." It's just assumed, isn't it? What Nintendo? Yeah, I mean, they've, at least they've got their. They've, Lot of you know their, their honor. Yeah. Can you imagine if they tried to put in a you know twenty four hour check or anything like that, the rubber bands on their servers would snap. Is <laughs> <laughs> this sorry? I was pouring out jelly beans. I would never have known. <laughs> There's no bok choy flavored jelly beans in here. Can't believe you've never heard of bok choy. That's just so weird. I'm in Dorset. <laughs> I'm in Dorset. You're more likely to get people eating badger than anything. <laughs> Fellas, I'm going to get you to pin your colours to the mast. If the consoles are out tomorrow, which would you be purchasing? Bearing in mind the cost as well, of course. Ben, 
I think we already know your answer. Yeah, PS4. Steve, imagine you've been hoarding all of those student grants. Uh, what would you be going for? PS4. Mark? PS4, already pre-ordered. Well, you need Final Fantasy 15 and 3 thirds, so that's only way you're going to play that anytime soon. Leon, you were pro- probably uh, the, the only one that was ever going to be definitely for Xbox, but after what's happened, what do we think? Don't ask me that question right now. Um, I don't know. You sound a very, like a very torn man. I think I'm still shell-shocked. I don't know. I, th- I think the way I've been putting it is, look, I'm saving for some sort of new gaming machine towards the end of this year. Unless something changes, me getting an Xbox One isn't looking very likely. Um, but I can just as easily spend that money on a new PC, so... I don't know. I might get a PS4. Who knows? It's anybody's game right now. Uh, massive thanks for joining us on this E3 special. Um, we'll be back with our regular podcast uh, in a couple of weeks. Massive thanks to Mark. Cheers, Steve. Thanks to Leon. Nice one. Big thanks to Ben. Cheers. And a high five to Steve. Thank you. And we will catch you all next month. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.